Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 612th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our club's league's players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Beyond the 90 at beyondthe90.substack.com and locally on the New York Red Bulls at Red Bull News Network. But as always, this show is dedicated to the American game. Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. Well, ladies and gentlemen, finally, the opening round of the MLS Cup playoffs in 2023 is over. Three games were left in the last round, and finally, we have our eight quarterfinalists moving forward. And all you can say is, once again... Uh, I'm not doubting the action. I thought the action was great. But once again, fixture congestion has reared its ugly head. Absolutely rearing its ugly head. And this is a situation that we did not need. And obviously survival of the fittest, which I completely understand. But if we're going to have these playoffs... Either we stick with a one game and that's it, or we go to goal aggregate, not a series. I don't care what new inventive ways it could be, what it might be or should be, but honestly, it's just not the way it should be. And on top of League's Cup and so on, and so on. And now, that we are now officially in the international window here in November, it's going to take 21 days to restart the playoffs. 21 days. Because Thanksgiving is coming. Well, boo-hoo. I think that's wrong. Look, Every time we get Thanksgiving coming around our way, we have Thanksgiving NFL football on Thursdays. Now, the NFL is doing a Black Friday game involving the New York Jets as they're going to host the Miami Dolphins. We are also going to have college basketball. We are also going to have the National Hockey League. We're also going to have the NBA. They will be playing Over the weekend of Thanksgiving, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So why is it Major League Soccer cannot have the next round of the playoffs on the weekend of Thanksgiving? Not everyone travels across the country for Thanksgiving. For some places, it's just down the road. Maybe the next town over. 
I mean, where am I going to be for Thanksgiving? I'll be here. I mean, I'm going to my cousins over in Long Island, but that's as far as it goes. But once again, why is Major League Soccer trying to prolong the situation? Why are they attempting to make the season longer than it already should be? I'm sorry. I I just find it to be very, very troubling that once again, Major League Soccer cannot decide how to create excitement and sustain that excitement for the playoffs. It's just terrible, terrible planning. I don't know why. I don't know the reasons for this. It's just absolutely disheartening. While I do understand taking a break during the international games, but they're not doing it for September and October. And they're infiltrating the international calendar when it should be made for taking a break for league play. I I just find it sadly ridiculous and unfortunate. So what are they going to do? And once again, what are they going to do when we get to these summer games next summer with the Copa America being here in the U.S.? And then, of course, the World Cup in 2026, because guess what? No one's going to go to a League's Cup match in an MLS stadium because in Canada, Mexico, and the United States, the World Cup will be here in June. So this is a big dilemma that MLS is going to have. No League's Cup. Unless you're going to have to maybe play it during midweek. And then have these teams travel in midweek instead of a month off. Because that month will be reserved plus for the FIFA World Cup in 2026. I'm not saying the league should not attempt to make things interesting for American soccer fans. To fill the calendar. I'm asking for common sense. We're not going to get that. And that's the problem, folks. Common sense factor. What are we doing here? Why are we at this position? Why are we prolonging the playoffs for no reason? Why? I don't know. Because we don't know. But once again, what are you going to do? And anyway, very glad to see that the playoffs will continue on on the weekend, the 25th and the 26th, which is, of course, Thanksgiving weekend. So we've got the official schedule out. And still, my idea, I think it's time to say goodbye to the playoffs. I think if we are going to have a playoff, it should be the conference winners. Supporter Shield winner taking on the non-Supporter Shield uh, winner. 
to battle for the MLS Cup championship. That would be a better idea. And once again, you can go to Beyond the 90 at beyondthe90.substack.com. Check out the archives. Look up my article to say goodbye to the playoffs. Because if MLS cannot do it the right way and the simple way, well, then what's the point if you're going to keep on fixing it once every three, four, five years? It just makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense if you're not going to do it the proper way. So all I'm saying is I don't mind the playoffs now. But what about down the road? How many more times are we going to try and fix something that shouldn't be fixed? Why? Why are we fixing something that should not be fixed? But, hey, I'm not the one in Manhattan, the one running the show. I'm not the one that's making up the schedule nor the on-season calendar every single year for MLS. And now they're going to have some interference with that calendar, mostly in the preseason, when the CONCACAF Champions Cup games begin in the brand-new expanded first round in the month of February. Because the entire month in the midweek will be Champions Cup games, firsts and second legs. We'll find out when that will happen. And that should be a lot of fun. We're almost at the end to declare a Central American Cup champion, a Caribbean Cup champion, the MLS Cup champion. And of course, whichever matches remaining for the opening round, especially the third place match from the Caribbean sides, this is going to be a lot of fun. But it's not going to be fun for MLS because now the preseason has now been interrupted. And the truth is, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if you're going to see one team play a first leg in the first round And then the next leg will be two weeks later or maybe the next week and then finish off with the preseason or you start off in the preseason and then you go right into the tournament and then you start the regular season. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know. And right now I don't care. We're not at that level yet. (coughs) Excuse me. But I will say this. I think we're fine where the league starts. If they ever want to make it a summer into spring calendar, I think they can do it in certain ways. I don't know about the whole two-season situation. I don't know if that will be uh, important or that could work here. But I do believe that if you are going to be starting the season in the middle of August – all the way till, I'd say, just before Christmas. Take your break for the winter. And then continue on February, March, April, May. 
that way there is a possibility and not just for MLS for the entire soccer season I think it might be able to work but once again you don't know I don't know but as of right now there's just too many questions and there's not enough answers and even if there are answers are they good enough I don't know and I'm not trying to be negative towards MLS look I support the league I love the league I want them to do well and every time we talk about those certain mechanisms involving a possible change somewhere down the down the road I want MLS to be involved in those as well they have to they have to I don't want a fractured pyramid even though it's already fractured enough but I don't want it completely fractured because it something's got to get fixed here and once this is fixed we'll all be on the same page all levels and that's all I want all levels because if we do not fix this situation properly we got problems folks major proportion of problems and I really don't want to see that happen so let's move on and try and make everything better and greater and before we begin tonight's show I also want to let everyone know go to the movies this weekend and go see next goal wins former US soccer head coach former head coach in MLS Tampa Bay Rowdies and USL Championship NASL as well Thomas Rongen taking a bunch of players from American Samoa to attempt to turn them back into a nice well-oiled machine of a team and attempt to qualify for the World Cup away from Oceania World Cup qualifying I have seen the original documentary film myself involving Thomas Rongen with American Samoa and to see what will happen with Michael Fassbender playing Thomas Rongen I'm excited for that movie and I really do hope it's going to be a hit sounds like it's already a hit but once again it's going to come out in theaters this Friday November the 17th go and watch it and go and enjoy it time to talk about the third game in the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs join me right now from Bayou Soccer City one and only Derek Stowers covering the Houston Dynamo Derek welcome back in well another fun-filled evening involving the Dynamo and Real Salt Lake and it finally happened the Dynamo are advancing into the next round yeah uh <laughs> I think the the last time we uh, we talked, I ended up getting my uh, prediction wrong about winning in Sandy, Utah. But you know, when it goes down to uh, to penalties again, uh, but this time you're on the the right end of uh, the results. Uh, it it feels pretty good to move on to uh, the next leg and play uh, play a, uh, another rival of sorts uh, in Sporting Kansas City. So thanks for having me on to talk. Absolutely great to have you on. I mean, look, let's be honest with ourselves here. I, I know that 
every single time, whenever Houston plays Sporting Kansas City outside of leagues, outside of the regular season competition, it doesn't matter because it's always against them either in the Open Cup or it's against them in the playoffs. And what is this now? What, the fourth time, I believe? Uh, was there? An, I think there was maybe another time in League's Cup. I'm not sure, but... I got to tell you, I, I bet you're pretty sick and tired of facing Peter Vermees every single year outside of league competition. Uh, <clears throat> yes, yes and no. I mean, it, it is the kind of thing that uh, some great games are made of. And uh, you, 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 it's one of those you love to hate it, you know, kind of matchups because uh, it's always fun when um, – you're playing an opponent where there's that much uh, intensity and uh, energy between because it makes, you know, those goals and everything all the more special and the the outcomes, if they go your way, uh, all the more um, endearing for for moving forward. And especially since, you know, this leg of the new format of playoffs, I know you were talking about the whole playoff thing, in your first segment, um, it, it definitely makes the stakes a lot higher. Um, so, and also, you know, if it doesn't go your way, it makes the next time that much more, you know, Ooh, we can't wait. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is what it is. You can't control it, but, um, all you can do is, uh, put your best 11 forward and, you know, try and have a good game. Absolutely, and let's talk about that big game, of course, uh, as we get off there. Uh, 25th minute, I thought Steve Clark made a huge stop uh, to prevent RSL from getting the opening goal. Um, it looked like he was in perfect position to make that save right there. Yeah, you know, um, speaking of uh, potential rivalries growing, it, you know, you, you mentioned this uh, the last time we spoke as well about uh, Salt Lake kind of have, you know, building this rivalry with the Dynamo. And I feel like it is becoming there. And it, it, is, it is big saves, like, that come up from uh, Steve Clark, whether in the 25th minute, like you said, or, you know, down the, the stretch, um, you know, just before uh, the, the 90th minute whistle. Um, it, it, it's huge having a guy like him uh, between the sticks. I mean, he is just... He's such a leader. He's such a, you know, you could see it when he was, uh, you know, he when he ended up, I guess, making a save uh, uh, during the, the penalties. But he was just screaming, you know, one more, one more, one more. That's all we need to, to get through to the next round. And, you know, to, to a guy like uh, Nelson Quinones, who ended up missing his penalty, that, that speaks volumes about how much support – a guy like Steve Clark has for his team, whether he's making a big save, like he said, in the 25th minute. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there, there were a number of um, defensive breakdowns. I mentioned this as well last time. I think that some of the communication isn't there when the Dynamo are playing, um, one, when they're playing in transition. So they're not getting the numbers right. They're marking uh, assignments totally right. And I feel like they're kind of weak, especially because Griffin Dorsey pushes up so much on the right wing. They're weak on that right side of the uh, the defense, which I think that Pablo Mastroeni kind of figured out really well. So it's, you know, when you've got 
you know, that kind of vulnerability. It, it's both both a vulnerability and a strength because Dorsey can, you know, easily hit a banger um, as he can on the offensive side. But if he's not in his marking assignment on the defensive end, it becomes a vulnerability. And I think that the 25th minute was um, one of the things that uh, that led to that. And it, of course, ended up leading to uh, Real Salt Lake's uh, equalizing goal, uh, keeping things uh, <clears throat> tensions high at Shell Energy Stadium. Very true. Very, very true. And talk about Corey Baird. I, do you think he's had a bit of a renaissance season so far uh, with Houston? Uh, to me, it just seems like he's always at the right place at the right time, including the run in the Open Cup uh, final, especially uh, I know he had a goal taken away uh, off of uh, VAR due to offsides and stuff. But still, I think Corey Baird has really improved his play to get that opening goal in the 20th minute with the midair hit and uh, beating uh, Zach McMath uh, for that opening goal. Yeah, I uh, I, I would say <clears throat> him and um, several other players have had their own uh, bit of a renaissance. But just speaking to Corey Baird, I think one of the things is that the level of connection with the players around him. He's been in a little bit of a slump, which is why uh, in our little writer's discord, we were just talking about how he needs to show up for this game. It is so important for your center forward to have a big game in an elimination match. And he did. And, you, you know, what, what a hit. I mean, like it was coolly taken. It was another goal coming off a uh, Nelson Quinones cross where somebody heads the ball across goal and Corey Baird, no hesitation on that, on that strike, on that take, uh, just very coolly, calmly, um, hit the ball. It wasn't the most clean hits or anything, but it was, uh, exactly what the, the team needed at the time to keep the crowd energized. And, uh, that's really what Baird has, has done this season, as you were alluding to. Um, this was definitely one of his, uh, the kind of breakout year that he really needed to have because he was floating back and forth between, is he a bench player? Is he, you know, a starter? We don't know, but he, when, when you're scoring big goals in big games that, you know, that's why you're starting, you know, uh, especially for a, a center forward in this case. Absolutely. Uh, leading it into halftime 1-0, but then again, it's Diego Luna who comes up big against Salt Lake. The uh, power header downed it on the floor and bounced right in past uh, Clark that made it 1-1. And uh, basically, a lot of uh, twitchy bum time for both teams. Who was going to get that uh, big secondary go-ahead goal? That had to be really uh, a tough one to watch when Luna converted the equalizer. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. And, you know, as I was saying, uh, showed some of the, the defensive uh, communication breakdown where uh, Mikel was double marked uh, or double marking again um, because he had to shift over um, with uh, Zviashenko pushed over to mark the, the wide guy because Griffin Dorsey was uh, – pushed higher up the, uh, the field. So it was kind of an unfortunate thing. Um, but, you know, it, it really shows uh, how well that this team was able to hold it together. And they had 
plenty of other chances on the offensive side uh, after the equalizer. And definitely credit Zach McMath had uh, several good saves, including one where he gave up the ball again, uh, you know, way too close to goal. And he still came up with a absolutely brilliant save. So all you can, you know, really do is just say that your guys had the resolve to to stay through, to stay focused on uh, both sides of the ball, even though that they weren't getting it done on uh, the offensive side. They got through and were able to do it uh, in penalties. But they were able to hold it together after giving up a goal where it looked like Real Salt Lake had taken some of the momentum and some of the air out of uh, the stadium, as it were, and they were able to to keep them off and force penalties and win in front of the home crowd. So, uh, you know, it, it takes guys like Steve Clark to, even though they're giving up a goal, to, to stay in it. And, you know, other leaders on the team like uh, Hector Herrera and uh, Artur and guys like that to to really guide the team forward. Very true. And then, of course, it goes all the way to the penalty kick shootout once again. Everything was 2-2 to the third round, and then Luna finally gets stopped at the spot, and uh, it looked like, you know, Houston might get an advantage, but then again, Keones gets stopped by McMath, which the penalty kicks were at 3-3. But then the craziest one I thought, and I think you'll agree with me, Mosovsky, I don't know how that ball pinballed off the post, off of Clark, and stayed out, I thought that ball was in. I mean, not just so much it hit the post. It hit Clark. And granted, (laughs) it didn't hit him off the bum, but still, though, it pinballed off of him and out. That was crazy. Yeah. I. (laughs) uh, Man, you you can just feel the the pins and needles – that everybody was experiencing and just watching Clark's reaction to that, I think is uh, one, one, one thing that's going to be seared into my mind, just how excited he was, especially coming off of the uh, Quinones uh, miss where he's assuring Quinones, like, it's okay. One more, one more. Uh, what, what a moment. And um, especially, yeah. And, and like you said, Luna missing, that that was like, th- thank you for the one time he missed in such a uh, high stakes moment. Uh, yeah, uh, it was comp- in so many ways, it was so different from the penalty shootout that happened in Sandy, Utah, uh, where uh, Bossy is the one guy that misses and he misses once and then everybody else cleans up and this was there were three misses you know with completely different kind of uh shootout game but it, it was just sometimes all you can do is just go wow yeah you know you you got to see that kind of thing and it, it definitely feels good being on the right side and you know when you get to see the the player reactions and everything about how how the momentum is you know ebbing and flowing is just very, very fun to see, you know, just as a fan myself. So just incredible. Nope. It really was. And finally 
Dorsey finds the way to uh, get the winner, goes wide left inside the left post, and Houston's on their way to the next round. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, Derek, this this is really a renaissance season for the Dynamo ever since Ben Olsen took him over. What he's been able to do has just been tremendous. And now you're going to move on over uh, during Thanksgiving weekend. The Dynamo will be hosting Sporting Kansas City. I know, I, I know, and you know as well, you can't sleep on Sporting KC, especially with Peter Vermees as head coach and sporting director of the club, because you know it's going to be a battle. 90 minutes, maybe even even 120 minutes, penalties if it goes that far. I mean, what is it? What is Ben Olsen going to have to do against Peter Vermees, and, and what will he do? What changes do you think he'll make, or what type of suggestions do you think he'll have for the players to get ready for this matchup after the international break is over? I, I think what he's going to have to do is make sure that the de- defensive cohesion is there, where people are able to mark, because Sport of Kansas City is a team that's, you know, coming in um, as the 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 number eight seed, knocking off St. Louis, the number one. That's a team you can't sleep on, uh, even though we've got the, the home field advantage. They're going to have to make sure that that defensive unit is there, but they're also going to have to be able to connect on the offensive end. Finishing has been an issue for the Dynamo. They're going to need to finish their chances because Kansas City is going to be a team that it it could just be that one that you missed that you wish you didn't. And, you know, the entire uh, makeup of the game can change, you know, so it's just going to be about defensive marking uh, and, and staying uh, right on that end and then being able to, to put your, your chances away. It's not going to be an easy game, but you know, It'll be a good one. That's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely, and so am I. Derek, thank you as always for joining me. I'll hope to talk to you after your national break, and good luck against Sporting Kansas City. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, and have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. You as well. Once again, Derek Stowers, Bayou Soccer City as we get ready to talk more about this 2023 MLS Cup playoffs, round one, game three. Unfortunately, I'm supposed to have Michael Martinez from Cascadia FC joining me tonight. Unfortunately, an emergency has popped up, and he is not able to join me. So we'll just quickly recap the remaining two matches uh, in the third game of this first round. Seattle defeating FC Dallas by a final of a goal to nil as Ruznak in the 36th minute. Gets an opportunity to slip one under pause and into the back of the net. And it was really just one and done, all over. No other goals were scored. Both teams had their chances. And unfortunately for Dallas, they are eliminated from the rest of the MLS Cup playoffs. So we will see what will happen with them in 2024. But once again... The third and final game between the Columbus crew hosting Atlanta United over at lower.com field. And boy, oh boy, once again, Columbus crew under Wilfred Nancy, just an amazing way he's gotten this team to go. Darlington Nagby got it off early in the ninth minute with a low ripper inside the near post to make it one nil. And then it was a Munson in the 17th minute who goes top bin to the upper right corner with a laser. 
And then Matan, another one, another Galazzo in the 33rd minute. He nailed that one top shelf, and that was a destroyer. Really a damn good one. Even though Atlanta United pulled one back by Giacomacus in the 35th minute off of a side foot chip on a fantastic tic-tac-toe passing play, pulled one back before halftime. But it didn't really matter. Diego Rossi at the restart of the second half, 47th minute, off the back post and in, and another amazing golazo to make it 4-1. Exande Silva pulls a second one back three minutes later in the 50th minute on a nice touch on a great far side pass. But still, though, it wasn't enough for Atlanta United to get over the hump. And Atlanta United falls in the third game to the Columbus crew by a final of four goals to two. And so here we are, the next round, the conference semifinals. And once again, here is the schedule for those games. On Saturday, November the 25th at 5.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, Orlando. Actually, I've got that wrong. It's 2.30 Pacific. My bad. Orlando City will be hosting the Columbus Crew at Explorer Stadium. FC Cincinnati will be hosting the Philadelphia Union at TQL Stadium, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Both games are on the MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. And then on Sunday, November the 26th, Houston Dynamo hosting Sporting Kansas City at Shell Energy Stadium, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, both on MLS Season Pass as well as Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes. And then the nightcap on Sunday, November the 26th, Seattle Sounders hosting LAFC at Lumen Field. You can see that one on the MLS Season Pass at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So it should be exciting, and it should be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen in these matches, and we will see who the next four will be in the conference finals after the Thanksgiving matches. It should be exciting, and it should be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen there. Don't forget tomorrow night at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, on TNT Sports, as well as streaming on the play.max.com website and the Max app through Bleacher Report Sports. USA taking on Trinidad and Tobago. First leg in the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Nations League. It also doubles as qualification for the 2024 Copa America at 11 o'clock Eastern. 8 o'clock Pacific, I'll be joined by Fabian Reinkel from Area Sportsnet and Forbes Magazine to do my post-game show quarterfinal first leg against the Soka Warriors of Trinidad-Tobago. The match will be seen at the Q2 Stadium in Austin, Texas. But I want to thank my guest tonight, Derek Stowers, for joining me. Once again, apologies for Mr. Michael Martinez not joining me. An emergency has popped up, so he was not able to come and join me tonight. Hopefully, we'll have him back on at a future show. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. I hope all of you are having a great evening. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long, and have a good night. And bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.